It's Friday, July 29th. I'm Pam Jones. We're far from the November general election, but Baltimore City already has a new top prosecutor. Baltimore County's incumbent state's attorney appears to have fended off his Democratic primary challenger. The race for Anne Arundel's county executive in the Republican primary still hasn't been called, as elections officials were still counting ballots. Police in Middle River tried to calm nerves at a community meeting last night over a shooting involving a major drug dealer. Baltimore's health commissioner defends the city's monkeypox vaccine supply, and a new regional hotline aims to help those experiencing a mental health crisis. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Ivan Bates will be the new city state's attorney for Baltimore as independent candidate Roya Hanna dropped out of the race Friday, leaving him unopposed in the general election. WIPR's Bethany Raja reports. Hanna congratulated Bates at a press conference on earning the Democratic nomination for state's attorney. She said she started her campaign believing that Baltimore needed a change in the office that put public safety above politics. There is no time to waste in the work that must be done to rebuild the state's attorney's office. With Hannah out of the race, Bates said he will be able to have people and policies in place in order to implement change from day one. And so for us, that now means that we have the opportunity to sit, to talk, to meet with the electors, to meet with the leaders. Bates said the citizens deserve that. Bethany Raja, WYPR News. Baltimore County State's Attorney Scott Schellenberger won the hard-fought Democratic primary today over challenger Robbie Leonard. A week of counting mail-in ballots ended this afternoon with Schellenberger holding on to a 2,100-vote lead over Leonard. Schellenberger is running for a fifth term and will now face Republican James Haynes in the general election. County Councilwoman Jessica Hare has widened her lead over former Delegate Herb McMillan in the race for the Republican nomination for Anne Arundel County Executive as election workers there continue to count provisional ballots. Hare, the wife of state Republican Chair Dirk Hare, holds a lead of about 1,400 votes over McMillan. County election officials say they probably won't have final results until next week. The winner will face incumbent Stuart Pittman, who was unopposed in the Democratic primary in November. At the start of every school year, teachers across the country dread the learning loss that occurs over summer break, and the pandemic has only made it worse. A center at the University of Maryland is working on solutions. WYPR's education reporter, Shekana Collier, with that story. UMD's Center for Educational Innovation and Improvement has a plan to help improve challenges in education called improvement science. Director Dr. Segun Eubanks said the framework is a growing concept in education that originates from the medical field. It's a process of bringing together people who are closest to the toughest problems that we're trying to, to solve in education in equal relationship with researchers, experts in the field, and with other practitioners to identify the core problems of practice that are leading to the poor outcomes that we see. The goal of the framework is to empower school leaders to identify the root cause of problems and not on finding immediate solutions. The center will host a conference in early August to train Maryland educators. I'm Jakana Collier, WIPR News. Baltimore County police say one of the two people shot Tuesday morning in a drive-by shooting in Middle River is a major drug dealer. 
WIPR's John Lee reports police officers speaking last night at a community meeting tried to calm the nerves of residents who had seen a video of the shooting online. Police Captain Elliot Latchaw assured residents their community is safe, that this was a targeted shooting. What rattled residents was a video posted online, verified by the police department, that shows a vehicle crashed into a telephone pole near Compass Road and Martin Boulevard. Another car is driving by, and you can hear a quick burst of gunfire coming from an automatic weapon. Republican Delegate Rick Metzger, who organized Thursday night's meeting, says there's never been that kind of shooting in the area. Plus it was one block, a half a block away from a pharmacy, half a block away from a senior center, and only to the other side it was a half a block away from a major development. The two victims remain hospitalized and there have been no arrests. John Lee, WIPR News. The city released results Friday of a point-in-time survey of both sheltered and unsheltered people experiencing homelessness in Baltimore the night of February 26th. On the night of the count, a total of 1,597 people were counted in emergency shelters, transitional housing, and unsheltered spaces, such as encampments. This is down 2,193 people in 2020 and follows a four-year downward trend. The PIT count helps the city identify and connect individuals, families, and youth experiencing homelessness to housing and support services. When it comes to the latest COVID numbers for Maryland, the alarming double-digit positivity rate remains over 10 percent at 10.52, and the number of new confirmed cases is now above 1,900. 609 Marylanders are in area hospitals across the state due to COVID. And coming up, we'll hear from the city's top doc about the spread of monkeypox. Lottery officials say your chances of winning tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is more than one in 300 million. The prize is now estimated at more than $1.2 billion. If you win and opt for the one-time cash option after taxes, you'll walk away with three quarters of a billion dollars. I'll take it. Tonight's drawing will be the 30th since the jackpot was last hit for $20 million on April 15th. One hundred cases of the rare and contagious monkeypox virus have been reported in Maryland. More than 4,600 cases have been reported across the U.S. There's growing concern in many cities across the country that demand for the vaccines, which are effective, are outpacing the supply. Here in the Baltimore area, they are also in short supply. Dr. Leticia Zaraza says the city's health commissioner addressed allegations the city was not fairly distributing its supply on WIPR's program Midday Today. We're, we're all in a tough position, right? We know that the allocation decisions are, are made by the CDC based on a formula, and it took into account the total population at risk and the number of, of new cases. Um, I, I am excited that the CDC announced yesterday that they're going to be making even more doses available, um, but we're working certainly closely with the state to advocate um, for what we think our population needs. Dr. Daraza explains who is most at risk of contracting the monkeypox virus. 
Anyone who comes in contact with someone who has monkeypox is at risk. But what we're currently seeing is that um, the highest risk group is generally men who have sex with men. Um, we are seeing it travel within um, that network. But again, anyone who comes in contact with a positive case is certainly at risk. Monkeypox is not a new virus, and Dr. DeRaza says there are specific ways we can protect ourselves from contracting it because I want to drive home that prevention is critical. Um, this isn't a new virus, and so we do have knowledge of how it spreads, though of course I think we'll learn more during this outbreak. So I really urge individuals who are at risk to avoid close and intimate or sexual contact with anyone who has flu-like symptoms or a rash. Condoms don't prevent monkeypox, so it really is avoiding that, that close and intimate contact um, to prevent monkeypox. A new regional mental health and suicide prevention hotline serving Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Howard, and Carroll Counties launched this week. The regional services will aid those experiencing mental health crises and serve as a foundational component and strengthen crisis response. Here's WIPR's Bethany Raja. Call 988, a region-wide effort, offers those needing help a comprehensive and integrated crisis network and serves as a first line of defense in preventing tragedies. Baltimore Crisis Response Director Jonathan Davis said at a press conference Wednesday that having a regional crisis line will benefit Maryland. Regional or statewide crisis call centers, centrally deployed, always available non-law enforcement model crisis care, facilities to care for individuals, and essential crisis care principles and practices. BCRI, Grassroots Crisis Intervention Center, and the affiliated Sante Group have joined together to operate Maryland's regional call center. Baltimore City Mayor Brandon Scott said integrating the call centers was a huge step in the right direction. 988 will reduce the involvement of police from responding to people in distress and limit uh, our over-reliance on our emergency departments. While 911 is intended for police, fire, or rescue emergencies, 988 is designed to address urgent mental and behavioral health needs. Scott said leaders across the country are realizing that calls for those experiencing a mental health crisis are more appropriately handled by trained mental health professionals rather than police and emergency departments already strained for resources. This is a unsustainable approach, especially at a time when mental health challenges are on the rise across this country. The establishment of this regional crisis hotline is not the end, but just the beginning of this work, Scott said. County Executive Johnny Olchuski said they've known for years that helplines can help save lives, and when people are experiencing a mental or behavioral health crisis, connecting with a live person is critically important. And the isolation and anxiety fueled by the pandemic has exasperated existing public health challenges. Since January of 2020, Baltimore County's 911 call center has received more than 12 thousand behavioral health related calls for service. Last month alone, our local crisis lines received more than 1,300 calls and our mobile crisis team responds to about 200 calls for service per month. 
Olczewski says the crisis line will be a lifeline to many. What should a person expect when they call 988? Quinita Garrett, BCRI Director of Call Center Coordination, explains. Call is a connected quickly to professional counselors who will listen and offer a non-judgmental, will offer non-judgmental advice. Everyone needs help sometimes, and we're here to help. Garrett said they've received calls from people going through a divorce, people experiencing loneliness, depression, substance abuse issues, and economic hardships. Who can call the helpline? I like to say that you can call this line at any time. There's no wrong call. We can offer emergency emotional support with anything that is concerning at the time. Previously, Scott said the city's 911 services receive more than 13,000 calls related to behavioral health each year. Bethany Raja, WYPR News. We cover the news of the day here on The Daily Dose, but it's also a platform for listeners like you. Got a thought or a story you want to share about life in the era of coronavirus? Leave us a voicemail to play on an upcoming episode, the number 410-235-6060. We've also got a button on the WIPR app so you can record a voice memo that way too. Just tap Daily Dose comments on the app or give us a call. The number again is 410 410- Two three five six zero six zero. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WYPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Many thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, Shekinah Collier, Bethany Raja, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Kristen Mossbrugger. Our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. If you have a scoop or suggestion for this podcast, my social media hangout is Twitter at That's Pam Jones. So remember to be courageous and stay curious. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.